Hi, welcome to episode 83 of Talk About the Passion. I'm your host, Christian Campagna, and my guest today is Drew Stone. As I just said, the name of this podcast is Talk About the Passion, and my guest today has a number of passions. Film director, producer, editor, musician. He was the co-founder and lead singer of the hardcore bands The Mighty CEOs while living in Boston, and The High and Mighty from New York, and of course the, the front man of New York City's Antidote since uh, 1984. His uh, video series, The New York Hardcore Chronicles, is one of my favorite things to watch as Drew interviews anyone from the New York hardcore scene you can think of and beyond, not just New York hardcore as the title suggests. Uh, he did a great episode with Brian Baker uh, that was amazing. Uh, he's had people like Scott Ian and Frank Bellow from Anthrax to uh, Sab Gray from Iron Cross. Uh, old Boston friends like John Sox, Gitter, uh, Mike Gitter, and of course Al Barrill. Uh, so yeah, here is, you know, all of this punk and hardcore stuff, but did you know Drew was a fan of the Grateful Dead? Well, on today's episode, Drew talks about this side of his life, and as he says at the beginning and end of the episode, he's never really been interviewed about this, so it was cool to have him on to talk about this. And for your listeners who aren't fans of the Dead, this isn't exclusively Grateful Dead talk, but more a timeline covering his early days of seeing the band to moving up to Boston and seeing hardcore shows as that scene was being created in Boston at you know, places like uh, Media Workshop and Gallery East. Uh, there's a great picture of uh, SSD on stage, and uh, Drew is in between Al and Jamie, you know, launching himself off of uh, the drum riser. Uh, his, you know, his passion for music and just uh, storytelling ability and sense of humor, you know, make this story just much more fascinating. And, uh, you know, we, we get into what it's like to exist in both worlds as, you know, a hardcore kid and a, a deadhead and you know the ball busting that takes place between uh you know both both camps there and uh, you know he gets into how you know touring with the grateful dead early on became useful later in life uh, managing touring hardcore bands um you know and as a fan of his new york hardcore chronicles uh, video show it was it was definitely fun to do this over zoom which you know although i'm just releasing the audio of this we had the you know split screen going like you know just like on his show it's the little things like that that bring joy in my life, uh, as d does you know me wanting you to listen to this, so I'll, I'll shut up now. Uh, before that, though, I'm on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, and I update those regularly. Uh, if you want to contact me about anything, I'm always looking for new guests or topic ideas. Shoot me a message on one of those sites. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give a like and a follow and maybe even a review. Uh, I'm on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Okay, then. Here we go with episode 83 with Drew Stone. Thanks for listening. Um, so I'm here with Drew Stone. Director, musician, uh, interviewer, podcaster, YouTuber. Um, you're normally, I'm usually watching you here and you're usually uh, interviewing yeah. someone from New York Hardcore. Or, or yeah, it's hard. a little different. Yeah, so, but today we were going to do something a little different and uh, talk I'm about, excited some, about it. Yeah, I don't think I've heard, uh, I don't know how I found out you were into the Grateful Dead, but. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised. I mean, you're always kind of surprised, happily surprised when you find you yeah. know someone from the scene is into it. So yeah. So how yeah, so how did you, that, 
this is definitely different uh, for me. It's, it's uh, you know, I do a show that's primarily uh, hardcore, um, yeah. and, and, you know, hardcore and, and metal and stuff mm. like that. And um, so, but, but we do talk once in a while, the Grateful Dead come up on my show yeah. and people are like, oh God, not again. You know, like, <laughs> oh no, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is going to be cool. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so you grew up in, uh, you're born in Queens? Grew up in, in just grew up yeah. in Queens? No, I was born in Queens, New York, uh, yeah. in Forest Hills. Yeah. I lived there for a couple of years. And then I spent my uh, my younger years there uh, in growing up in Manhattan, uh, in Yorkville. Yeah. And then I moved up to the up to the Bronx, yeah. to the Spite and Dival section of the Bronx, uh, where I basically uh, lived my teenage years. Yeah. So music. How does music find uh, find you up there? Well, music, music. Well, my dad, my dad um, was a film director, um, so I kind of grew up in that environment of, of the film business somewhat. But there wasn't a lot of music in my home per se. Um, but of course, I grew up in the seventies and. You know, there was a lot of radios back then and, and FM radio, you know, and, and, and all that, you know, just, you know, you, you think about, you know, those summers back then in the seventies, like there were certain songs that were like, you know, what they say songs for the summer or whatever, which I, which I'm sure younger people today have that. But back then there were so many summers that were identified with, you know, you know, you know, hits of the summer, you know, you right, hear right. it constantly yeah. yeah so you know i grew up on i grew up on fm radio mm -hmm. nice yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and then yeah. and then also and then of course you know music um growing up uh, in the bronx i just fell in with the crowd i was you know a young sort of juvenile delinquent that spent a lot of time um in the streets hanging out my parents were divorced um you know i grew up in a you know pretty much single single parent household and had a lot of freedom. I was out a lot, hanging out in the street a lot. And, and I grew up, uh, you know, like I said, in New York City in the 70s. So when I was sort of coming of age as a young teenager, it was like Frampton Comes Alive, and Bad Company and the Allman Brothers. And this, this, is, this is the stuff that I was, I was um, exposed to. And I just loved music early on. I, I just loved, I loved, uh, I, I loved, just the whole culture. So I, 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 I loved um, music and, and I was just enamored by the whole thing. And of course, back then you had albums and, and, and you had album artwork that, 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 you know, and, you know, these things were, were, were exciting for a young teenager. And, you know, you, you go to the record store and you'd pour over the, the, the album art and look for the, you know, clues and, and you know, connect the dots between, you know, this and that. And I think that um, for me, um, like I said, uh, being a young teenager and probably um, smoking pot and uh, getting into other drugs yeah. uh, was a gateway for music uh, yeah. in, in a very big way, sadly, in, right, in, right. in, in, in a certain regard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up in, 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 in those sort of mid to late 70s, um, you know, dr hanging out in the streets, you know, recreational drugs, 
and mu certain types of music were associated with with that sort of behavior. So that's why I think you know I gravitated to the Rolling Stones and the Who and you know the Allman Brothers Band and mm -hmm. and Frank Zappa yeah. and of course eventually the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, man. So, so all that stuff is found then before punk rock for you anyway, because oh, it was yeah. sort of around before that anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. No, well, punk rock. I, punk rock came a little bit later. Came later on uh, for me when I went to college. Uh, I went to Emerson College in Boston to study acting, and as a freshman, as soon as I got there, I I I I, I got exposed to the whole hardcore thing. But I actually had a whole career before then. Um, with the Grateful Dead. Yeah. So 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 going so then going going back a little your your first time seeing the Grateful Dead. So the the first time um the first time I saw the Grateful Dead was uh when I was 15 years old, mm -hmm. uh September 2nd, 1978 at Giants Stadium yeah. in Jersey. And that was with uh Willie Nelson and the New Rise of the Purple Sage opened. Right. And like I said, I was 15. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was a happening, you know, it was like, you know, you go with your 15 year old <laughs> friends, you freaking smoke pot, you do this. It, it was a, it was an exciting day at the big rock concert, you know, and um, it was 1978 Grateful Dead and it was with Keith and Donna yeah. and um, you know, I don't, I didn't, of course, at the time I didn't particularly understand exactly what i was seeing oh, right right but I, but I knew it was cool and, and and i could you know and you could dance to it yeah, yeah so so there you go but um so that was i was 15 you know so and then you know after that i i saw them i saw them a couple more times i saw them a couple of times with keith and donna i saw them the first they played they played Madison Square Garden in 1979 twice yeah. with Keith and Donna. Then, yeah. then they left the band. Brent yeah. Midland joined the band. They came back in 79 and 79. And I saw those three shows. Oh, okay. Nice. So, so I saw, um, you know, a bunch of shows you yeah. know, pretty early on there. And, um, you know, some of them were, you know, they, they, they were great. And, 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 you know, um, I think early on that 70, we're talking 79, 80, 81. I, I must say, certainly in retrospect, like now that I have a pretty good grasp of the Grateful Dead's overall career, you know, what they did, how they played, what the ups and downs were. Um, I must say at listening to that stuff from back then, they were, they were still really pretty damn good. Oh yeah. 70, yeah. 78 is great. That's 78, cool. 79. Yeah. And, and 80. But but I will say that um, you know, my coming out party, so to speak, uh, when I really, when I really, really got it was um in 1980, I was going to high school in Manhattan. And they they the word was they're putting tickets on sale for Radio City Music Hall. And so I came down with on a I went home from school on a Friday. I took the one, the number one train up, up to where I lived in the Bronx, got yeah. a couple of my friends and we came back down that Friday, that Friday, like at the end of the day. And we got online at Radio City Music Hall. And if I remember correctly, I think we were number 
maybe 34 or four, either 14 or 34 for some reason. I don't think it was 14. It might have been 34. And so we got online on a Friday night. The whole line started stretching down the block. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tickets went on sale Monday morning, if I, if, if I remember correctly. And um, it was like an adventure. Like we, we, you know, we lived online, you know, everybody, everybody, you know, uh, I think we were, everyone was, we were tripping one night and it, it was like, and tickets went on sale and I got tickets for, for um, uh, seven of the eight nights um, at Radio City, all incredibly good tickets, like first, like literally first couple of rows dead center. So every night I went, we, I was within the first couple of rows and, um, it was, and that's when they played acoustic, the dead yeah. acoustic at those yeah, the days. reckoning, the reckoning. Yeah, they, they did the record, reckoning there. from that. And I, I, I must say, you know, I, th <laughs> I think the first hundred times I saw the Grateful Dead, you know, I was under the influence of psychedelics. <laughs> right. Literally. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, exaggerating i'm pretty yeah. sure the first hundred grateful dead shows i saw i was under the influence of psychedelics and um so i went night after night and saw them very up close and it was like a a, a real game changer and, and i think a lot of it was because the, what they were doing uh, at the time with the acoustic stuff it was it was it was really it it, it it reverberated and resonated with me for many years after as, as going into my adulthood, I uh, developed a comprehension as to what, what they were doing. And, and like I said, uh, you know, I knew I was seeing something great. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I was young and I didn't really understand mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah, but I was tripping my face off, so I understood <laughs> a lot of it. Right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. I understood yeah. a lot of it. Oh yeah. But but that those were really landmark for, shows for me because they really um, opened up a door to me, which, in retrospect, it, it was Americana, you know. And, and hey, what are these songs? And where do these songs come from? And that led me sort of looking back to discovering a lot of these artists, you know, oh, wow, you know, who, who did, you know, On the Road Again? Oh, oh, wow, who did Ain't No Lie, Elizabeth Cotton? Oh, oh, wow, this, oh, wow, that, and, and Monkey the Engineer, and wow, you know, and, and, and so, which led me to Willie, which led me to artists like Woody Guthrie, and, yeah, yeah. and, and really, really um, uh, Americana, you know? Yeah. And that was the last time they did play the acoustic was, was the, those shows or the wharf or whatever, the, whatever yeah, yeah, came second much. that, that, that yeah, tour or whatever. Pretty much. And then the record came out and, 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 and there were songs on the record that we were there for. Yeah. yeah. I felt very connected to it. And yeah. the movie. Like said, they, yeah. And, and, and the, the Halloween uh, special that they did. And, you know, like I said, I was there so close. I mean, I had all kinds of memories and stuff of, you know, you're making eye, co eye contact with the band. I mean, you're that close. And this is 1980, and this is before sort of like these big sort of separation between the audience. Like first, first row of Radio City was right against the stage. Yeah, 
So you know, Jerry's right there in front of you. Like, wow. You know, yeah. like total eye contact. You know? <laughs> so how, how are deadheads in, in New York City in the, around that era, 1980? Really passionate. Yeah. Re- really passionate. And the dead always the dead always got it up for New York City. Like, I mean, they, they, I think they always looked forward to playing New York. Of course, that goes way back to the 60s when they would play, you know, Fillmore East or, or you know, Cafe Agogo or whatever. But New York City always, you know, has this incredible energy. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and, and, and the thing about being into the Grateful Dead that, that you know, back then and being in the tri-state area is, you can see a lot of shows. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, because, being up here, yeah, yeah. Most because, of my shows were in Jersey and New York. For most, yeah. Of so I mean, you could you, they, they'd come to town and they'd be like, oh, you know, uh, they play Brenda Burn Arena in New Jersey, yeah. or they play Madison Square Garden, or they play, you know, the Nassau Coliseum. And then the next night, they the next night would be the New Haven Coliseum or the Hartford Civic Center or or the Philly Spectrum. So like you you could you know, you you know I racked up a lot of shows from just oh the come East Coast cool uh, you know boom 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 you know, so yeah. Now did you have a, a core group of, of friends? Like did you have someone that got you like at one point was like you got to check out the Grateful Dead? No no this, not, not that just, I not that I remember. Yeah, um, just kind I, of. I I, I, you know, I know who I went to my first show with, but yeah, um, it was like I was 15 and just just some friends from the neighborhood. Um, but eventually, when I started, you know, um, you know, you also friendships or friendships or friendships were made back then as a young teenager uh, waiting online for tickets. I, I, I met I met a bunch of people, some, uh, you know, some I'm still very close with to this day. You know, you, 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 these are the, the 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 bonds you form, you know, and and so I'm sure we'll get into it. It 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 goes the same with hardcore. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. The bonds you made going oh, to yeah. hardcore shows. You know, it, it's 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 uh, it's all connected. It's community and culture. Yeah, yeah. What's more appealing for to the dead too? Is it the you know mostly the music and the but that that community and friendship as well is, is that well yeah there's there's not a lot of separate it it's there's not a lot of separation for me whether we're talking about uh you know grateful dead their music in the community or hardcore punk rock and the music in the community it, it's it's really it, it, to me it, it's the same thing really in a certain way it's uh it, it's the same kind of thing it, it like i said it's community and culture it's the it's the culture of the whole thing as well you know so uh, it's hard. That's why I always found it really hard to be like, well, you got to listen to this. Right. You know, it, it, you know, hey, listen to Minor Threat. Right. And people would listen to me like, whoa. But, you know, or listen to The Grateful Dead. It's it's almost like you're it's only like a part of this whole thing, yeah. the whole thing, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it translated well uh, to just in one, in, you know, in one regard. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the main differences, too, is. The Grateful Dead are in excess. You know, you're not going to see Bob Weir after the show walking through the parking lot. But if you go see Slapshot, you know, you're going to see Choke standing at the merch table after the show. Well, well that was part of the the allure of yeah. when I got into hardcore. I mean, what 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 happened was um, in uh, at the end of the summer, 1981, mm-hmm. and and um, by the time I went to 
by the time I went to college up in Boston, when I saw my first hardcore show in the in Boston, the summer of 1981, I had already seen 31 Grateful Dead shows. Okay. So so I had 31 shows. Yeah. You know, and that whole bit, I for a couple of years already, I saw some real great, real epics. A couple, you know, and the Radio City run, and there was a couple others that were just, woo, you know. So I went up in '81, and I went to Emerson College, and I was in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a guy in the cafeteria who uh, had his head shaved and which was absolutely unique at that point. I mean, nobody had their head shaved in 1981 in a place like Boston. And um, somebody introduced me to this person. Mm -hmm. I was and and I said, well, you know, what what are you into? You know, like, what's this about? He said, well, I'm into hardcore. And I said, hardcore, like, like, what is that? Like, like. Like Joan Jett, Blondie. <laughs> right. This is exact. This is literally yeah. what I said. Like Joan Jett, Blondie, the B fifty twos. Like I, I didn't have a reference point to it. Um, he said, "No, you ever hear a Black Flag?" And I said, "Black Flag." I said, "You mean like the bug spray?" You know. Like <laughs> he said, "Listen, you know, instead of me trying to explain this to you, why don't you just come with me this uh, weekend? There's a show going on, and you check it out." So that weekend, we we went to a place in, in, in downtown, uh, not da- a little bit farther downtown. Uh, we went to a place called the Media Workshop, yeah, uh, which was like uh, like an art, sort of like a real ramshackle art space um, uh, uh, on Boylston Street uh, near the Prudential Building. It was up on the fourth floor. Okay, and I went to my first hardcore show, and the band uh, that was playing was. The band whose shirt you're wearing right now, oh. SSD Control. Oh, okay. So, so my first show was an SSD Control show in yep. like late August, September uh, of 1981, and what there was there wasn't a lot of kids there at that point. There was probably 20 kids, 25 kids, yeah. And uh, people sort of like you know bouncing, you know, kind of dance, slam dancing, if you want to call it that, right, right. You know, and I kind of jumped in and. Had a you know had some I jumped right in it just looked it was all kids my age you know what I mean it was it was kids my age and it was a very non-threatening situation and I jumped in had some fun and when the band finished playing the guitar player took his guitar off and approached me and said who are you you know where are you from what are you doing here and and I you know I, you know it was very non-threatening yeah and, yeah um, I sort of, you know, said, hey, I'm, I'm up here now I'm from New York, this and that. And I was kind of welcomed into the very small scene at the time. And I, I fell in and became one of the original people there in, in the uh, SSD control in, in the Boston crew. And, uh, you know, she kind of got into it soon after that and shaved my head and and, 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 and jumped right into it. So, but, you know, all, you know, that thing started going, I mean, it was a it was a very exciting um, time to be involved in that music. In retrospect, in retrospect now, you know, there's a certain perspective, you know. But at the time, it was very new, very unique, very fresh, and very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, so musically, what did like the first? Who was that the first band you saw at that show? Was it SSD or was yeah. was there other? Yeah. So, so what I did you think musically? I saw I saw SSD Control very early on, and 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 the other Boston bands like Gangrene, Gangrene, Jerry's Kids, the FUs. 
I mean, so, and then, you know, and then right after that, you know, uh, this is Boston, not LA compilation came out and you know, I was a, a part of that whole thing. And the other bands came along after that. And, and then I, and then, and then I was, I, I started a band called the mighty CEOs and we were in the mix there for a while. And, um, but yeah, I mean, what did I think about it musically? Yeah. Like I, coming yeah. from like a, going to see dead shows and well, then be, all of a sudden being well, in this little, this yeah. Well, well like I said, it, it was kids my age. And the fact that there wasn't any separation between band and audience sort of, you know, circumvented any sort of, you know, and, and, and I, I really wasn't that developed um, musically, you know, as far as uh, uh, music theory goes, you know what I mean? I know, I know I liked, you know, I liked it. What I, like, I mean, certainly now I, you know, one of the things about the Grateful Dead now is like, I actually, I, 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 have a very good understanding of what they're doing musically now. I didn't have that. I don't think I had that until they stopped playing. You know, I mean, really under, okay, I understand what's happening here, you know, musically. Um, but the hardcore thing really spoke to me because it was um, kids my age and, you know, the ethos of it was, you know, everybody's welcome and everybody can do it. Get up, get out, make it happen. Whereas yeah. you know, the Grateful Dead thing was cool. You know, hey, let's get high and dance around. You know, that, that's cool. But the, the hardcore thing was, hey, you're a part of this, you know, let, let's go. Let's yeah, do it. it. Yeah, it seemed like everyone had a job almost. Like this, yeah. everyone was a, it was, had a zine or it was a photographer. Or absolutely. Were... It was very self-empowering and everybody had a place, especially you know, women, you know, uh, if, if, if you couldn't, if you weren't in a band, you start a fanzine yeah. or you take, or you take some photos or you promote some shows. Yeah. So it was, it was very, um, empowering for, for teenagers. Yeah. Did you see, did you see any dead shows up here when you, when you were in school in Boston? Oh yeah. 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 Man, I see dead show, dude, I've seen fucking Grateful Dead 140 times. That's great. So, so when I was up there in Boston, of course, we saw like Boston Garden shows and then we would go to the Cumberland County Civic Arena in Portland, Maine. Um, I remember Orono, Maine. Um, of course, you know, New Haven, Hartford. Um, where else in Boston? Oh, and then, you know, the whole other crazy story of when I was a freshman, Jerry Garcia Band played the Orpheum Theater. Oh yeah, and whew, I tell yeah. you, uh, the moral of the story here is you know, <laughs> never, um, never. <laughs> how do I say it? You know, never carry a. Be careful when you're carrying around a hundred hits of Purple Window Curtain. <laughs> you know, because what happened was I went to the show. Yeah. And I took some purple window pane and yeah. I got so high I took more. And <laughs> who knows what happened after that. And yeah. but the crazy thing was I was high as a kite. Now, I was always really good under the influence of massive amounts of psychedelics. So in the middle of this show at at the Orpheum Theater in Boston, Jerry Garcia band where like literally the walls are melting, but, but I'm there, I'm there with friends and we're sort of, I'm in, you know, cause, cause even, even when I went up to Boston, 
I still had, there was a whole circuit of my friends that were touring with the dead or Jerry Garcia band. So boom, Jerry Garcia band comes to town. I go to the show. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? I, you know, a bunch of friends, you know, and um, in the middle of the freaking show is a fucking blackout. Oh, really? <laughs> like I'm, I'm yeah. like the whole world is melting and it, the whole thing just went. <laughs> and oh boy. Yeah. And, you know, I had, I didn't understand what was going on, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And uh, we went out and they, out and they let, they, you know, they stopped, they ended the show. Everyone had to, you know, went out into the street. And there was a car burning in the middle of the street. And I was just, <laughs> woo. So yeah, I saw a lot of shows up that way. Yeah. I mean, a lot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Because there was, there was, there was definitely a period in time where liking the Grateful Dead and, and punk rock was, you know, seen as a no-no, mostly by our, like, cooler than thou punk friends the deadheads are just like whatever i don't like listen to that, listen to that crazy hardcore me or whatever you know but yeah did you yeah, get pushback sure. from any friends yeah yeah there was uh well for sure um you know uh the teen idols yeah from, oh that song yeah, that yeah. song called deadhead you know yeah. deadhead deadhead take another <laughs> deadhead deadhead take another toke deadhead deadhead uh, you're a fucking joke, yeah. you know. Friend of the devil, who you're trying to kid. Friends of the devil are dead like Sid. Yeah. I'll be grateful <laughs> when you're dead. I'll be grateful, but so don't stick around too long. Yo, my Grateful Dead friends loved that song. Mm. Like when we were in the van, like traveling from show to show, they'd be like, play that song again. And like <laughs> they thought it was the funniest yeah. fucking thing. Like yeah. they thought it was friggin' hilarious, <laughs> you know? But um, well, one thing I learned early on in this whole thing, because right, I have my kind of Grateful Dead friends yeah. and, 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 and scene that yeah. I was a part of like kind of for a couple years going until the hardcore thing so yeah. i get into the hardcore thing and i shave my head and i go to the grateful dead show and people are like wow you know you shaved your head like wow you know like what are you doing right you know like what happened to the drew stone we used to know right, right? and then i go back you know to my hardcore friends and you're like you went to a grateful day concert <laughs> you know they were like wow you know like what happened to the drew stone we used to know right you know? right so yeah. I really, one thing I got from that pretty early on, probably was, I was 19 years old at the time, mm. was, you know what, 
you're not going to please everybody. Yeah, and course. why bother? Yeah, and it doesn't do matter. Yourself, yeah. yeah, do yourself. Yeah. I, I I learned right then, like I'm going to do what I want to do, yeah. and I'm following my heart because you know people are people aren't pe- people aren't walking in my shoes. They right, right. Yeah. You know, so I, that, that, so I got, I got pushback from both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pushback from both sides. What the fuck are you doing? That shit sucks. A fucking punk shit is stupid or grateful dead, you know, uh, uh, you know, so I heard it from both sides, which, which, um, you know, which, which was, which was a lot. And, and I got to say also when, when, as a hardcore guy with a shaved head, when I, when I, it, cause I, you know, I, 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 hook up with some of my deadhead friends and, and go to a couple shows in a row and stuff and, and kind of get back in the circuit for, for there was nobody else out there like me. Nobody. I don't know. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I know maybe someone went to a show or two, but I was on fucking tour and I was you know, show after show. There was nobody on tour that, that nobody even knew what this hardcore thing was. You know, yeah. I know now people are like, oh, yeah, you know, this and that, you know, the, you know, but in 1981, 82, and even 83, yo, I was out there at the dead shows and I was alone. And um, sometimes it was, it was tough. It was really tough. It was really tough sometimes because um, it was lonely and I didn't look the part. Um, and, you know, everybody as a teenager, you want the same things, right? You want to. You want to go to shows, you want to meet girls, you want to get laid, you want to have a yeah. good time. Yeah. And like, I sort of was very different looking and, uh, you know, so, but there, you know, I know there was a couple people that I, I know, I know like um, Greg Ginn from Black Flag, yeah. Henry yeah. Rollins, like, I, th- I forgot where we were, it was a couple years later, but I saw them outside a show and I was like, wow, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But on the East Coast, I didn't. I, I didn't. Not see as much. I mean, there, was, yeah. there was a couple of friends of my Grateful Dead friends that were somewhat sympathetic. Yeah. Like, like yeah. to the like punk thing. Like they were. They, I guess they were pretty progressive, and they're, <laughs> you know, like. But you know, so I just kind of kept it separate. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, same here. Yeah. And uh, and kind of kept it, and kept it cool. But but at the at the end of um, at the end of my run in Boston, because I I ended up um, sort of you know, giving up on school uh, at the end of the school year in 83. Um, the school year kind of ended. I lost my lease and I had a van and you know, I, we got my van and, and like went out and saw a bunch of shows. And this is, uh, this is from April, April 9th, 83 to June 28th, 83. I saw 21 of 24 dead shows in a row. So we like went like we went like starting in Virginia all the way up the East Coast and then we went out west and then it ended we went to the US Festival uh, in '83 that that's how it ended like that whole you know we went out west we saw the Greek shows and then we went to the US Festival which is a whole nother friggin friggin story but I guess what I'm saying is like in '83 I was firmly entrenched in the hardcore thing yeah. and I ended up getting in the van with a bunch of my deadhead friends and going yeah. to see a bunch of dead shows. And that was there was a so those were probably your first West Coast shows, right? Yeah, yeah, different, I saw, vi- different vibe, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, really? I saw the uh, I saw them at the Greek Theater. Yeah, um, okay. A couple of I think three nights at the Greek. We actually drove out there to see them play. For some reason, I don't know. For some reason, I seem to think it was Vegas or something, and the shows got canceled. 
Oh, okay. Like as we were on the way out there. Yeah. And so we ended up like going up to like Eugene, Oregon for a couple of weeks and, and, and hanging out with some friends of ours. And then we drove down to, to, to the Greek shows. Um, and then, you know, we went to the US festival a- after that, but, oh, and while I was out there, I told, I told the story on my show the other day, I had, um, Chris Reese, the drummer for social distortion. Oh, yeah. I told him a story that in, 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 in 83, then I was, um, I was at the place called the stone in, yeah. in San Francisco. Okay, and okay. I was at a Jerry Garcia uh, band show at the Stone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Garcia was playing his like friggin', you know, fucking, you know, 45 minute fucking sugary. It was, it was I, I think by then, by 83, I, 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 for sure, like that run, I, I was, it was really sort of running its course a little bit for me. But, you know, they were really, not doing it was sort of very routine so, you know it was it was a night we wanted something to do we went to see the stone garcia was playing in some club and i was so bored i, I like wandered outside and i'm standing outside and i look across the street and i see some punk punk and hardcore kids down the block and i go down the block and i'm like wow punk hardcore show okay cool i pay i go up these stairs i sit in the balcony i watch a couple bands play one band that I saw that was really, really good mm-hmm. turned out to be a band called Social Distortion. Oh, wow. Oh, that's and, crazy. And, and yeah. And uh, that was interesting. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the place, the place is, uh, turned out to be a place called uh, the On Broadway in, in, oh, yeah, I've heard in San place. Francisco. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that was, that was an interesting nice, you know, nice. thing along the way. But I think by, by then, things were waning. Like, you yeah. went and did the Midwest saw the dead in the Midwest. This is, I think, I think at this, this point, the Grateful Dead's popularity was, was really, wasn't much. Yeah, you know, of course. 1983 yeah. in the Midwest, they were playing like yeah. half, half full hockey arenas. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember, I think St. Paul and Madison, like the place was like just half full, right. you know, the shows were really lackluster, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, we used to go to shows and basically we had a running card game. You know, we had <laughs> yeah. a running card game. We'd sit in the hall and play cards. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of, the shows were a bit lackluster. When the yeah. Grateful Dead broke out St. Stephen, yeah. uh, like in 1982 at Madison Square Garden, yeah. I was yeah. fucking playing cards in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool. Uh, yeah, and then, and then you know what? I was so, we, it was like, holy shit. And we, you know, we timed it and two nights later, or two or three nights later, yeah. we were up in Hartford Yeah, and I, we were right there. I was totally zeroed in and yeah. they played St. Stephen again. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. And I was like totally Gracie <laughs> zeroed in. So, I, you know, yeah. so that, 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 that was good. But also, you know, at this point, you know, I got to say that I think, you know, Garcia, you know, was really succumbing to his, you know, his, his drug addiction. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like vocals. to me. Yeah. yeah, it was noticeable. They, yeah. they they were starting to fade. I know they had a couple of resurgences in '89, and yeah. but but like '83, '84, to me they they were they, they was it, they were losing definitely losing luster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. '89 is when I started going. And it was I, a great I, year. Yeah, I got to see a bunch of shows with Brent Midland, thankfully, because yeah. after him, I just kind of wasn't. I saw the Giant Stadium. And I think 91, they had Bruce Hornsby. 
yep. traffic. I think traffic opened. And yep, that was yep. good. But but when they didn't have horns and it was just Vince Welnick. It just we went to those first MSG shows after Brent died, and it just it wasn't the same without without Midland. I thought it just kind of went downhill. I felt. I, I listen. I, I I'd always go see them. Like yeah. I said, like being in New York, it was like I had a lot of opportunities, and, and also like. Um, I was always a very good counterfeiter and um, you know, I could, we used to counterfeit tickets like I, me and my crew, you know, we, we, we you know, back then counterfeiting tickets was as easy as um, you get a ticket, you go, you go make a, a color Xerox copy, you cut it out, you put it, you put something, you put a, a blank in the middle, you, you perforate it, you know, like I, I, I still, I still have a bunch of them. Um, but you know, so going to a show, we never paid for shows. So, so I mean, you go make some counterfeit tickets and, 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 and give them out to your friends and we go to the show. So I saw, you know, they come to New York, I, I, I would go. Um, it got to the point towards the end where I'd go once, twice. But, but, but I saw them play, um, I saw them, I saw 29 shows after Brent died. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah. You know, and I, yeah, and it, my first show was at Giant Stadium in 78. My, la my last show was at Giant Stadium in 1995. Um, and it was horrible. I mean, it, it, I mean and, and at this point, I think it's, it's well documented. That was like a show where Garcia, like, kept turning his volume down. And, you know, it was very apparent that, that something was yeah. wrong. Yeah, I saw him in Vermont uh, on that same run, and uh, it was just Highgate. Yeah, Highgate. Yeah. Yeah, that's where and, our friend, uh, that's where our friend Eric Ziegenfeld passed away. Oh, that, really? Uh, he's oh, the wow. guy that did yeah, reported on MTV. Yeah, Eric Ziegenfeld. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Eric Ziegenfeld. We grew up with him in New York. He yeah. was up at Highgate. He died. He was young. I think he was. Wow. I think he was thirty years old. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the last time I saw them was such a bitter disappointment, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was dark. Really, oh, it was bad, man. But, but listen, I, I knew... It, it, the thing about, like, Garcia and his drug problem was, while he was alive, it wasn't spoken about. And so many people were sort of under this illusion, this fantasy. Meanwhile, you know, I sort of knew the score because I kind of... What's a, what's a what's a what's a what's a what's a, a a soft way of putting it? Um, I knew we sort of knew what was going on. We knew people that were involved in those particular drugs. People that people were supplying, you know, and all that. I remember one show standing around waiting for the dead to play because the word was, "Yo, so and so went into the city to cop Jerry some dope," and and that's what they're waiting on. And there was like a ridiculous wait time. You know, and then they probably, so we knew he was on stage and, and we knew he, we knew he, we knew he was dope. We knew he, yeah. he, he was doped up. We knew what was going on. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really tragic, man, because he was only 53 years old when he passed away. I mean, you look at pictures of him, he looks like he was 70. Yeah, I know. I, know. I always kind of forget that. Yeah. yeah. And his skills deteriorated. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it was... it, it really, really kind of, really kind of sad, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that whole the scene got kind of dark around there just because the yeah. 
the sets were it was so routine it was like the same sure. and just that synthesizer and just some of the they were doing like baba o'reilly and i fought the law and i was like what yeah. are you guys doing this is yeah and, and there was a lot of lot of uh, no you know i've learned to sort of really appreciate a couple of those things now. Yeah. like yeah. some of those those the, those new songs at the time which i let's i couldn't stand yeah now yeah. like you know so many roads yeah that's it, a good one. i think is, is really great i like that the, the stuff that phil sang like mm -hmm. um if the shoe fits and 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 um yeah it just it's sort of it's sort of skidded uh you know and then at the time also you know you know things changed for me um when i came back from boston um i started a band called the high and the mighty and um had a little success with that and then of course i joined antidote and then you know i was at antidote for many years through you know through a lot of changes and you know putting records out and doing stuff and then my film career took off you know i had a whole career doing music videos and a whole career doing you know uh extreme sports films but that, that came later but the music videos i was doing the music videos in the early 90s you know and uh but the grateful dead were always there for me yeah, you know, I, I'd always be able. Oh shit, you know, it was always nice to check in every now and then. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. They were still kind of. It was, it was happy that they were still sort of out there doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah, it, it was. And you go and and um, you know, I remember seeing them play in. Um, they played Madison Square Garden. I think it was in '94, and 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 uh, they came out for the encore, and uh, Bob Dylan was with them, and they did uh, they did Rainy Day Women. Oh and, wow. It brought the house down. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there were still, there were still, you know, as, as I think I heard Phil Les say, or there were still flashes of brilliance every right, now and right. then. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, but it wasn't, you know, the days of seeing like, wow. We, right. we used to have, we used to have a saying back then. It's not what they play. It's how they played it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that, that used to really hold true. I mean, we, we'd see shows that like, were like, you look at the set list and it would seem very routine. Yeah. But wow, that was a great show. Yeah, when you actually hear it. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's not what they play, it's how they yeah. play it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. But you know, the hardcore thing, you know, it really uh turned out to be uh, it's what I do now for a living. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you have you have tried to convert any hardcore people to the Grateful Dead? Um, yeah, I mean, through turn, the years. not convert them, but turn them on. Like, what would you, what would you play someone if you were going to try it? I always use Reckoning, that album, I think is, because it's just nice, acoustic, you know. Yeah, know. well, well, I, I, I think, I think that for me, I think I would, I think what resonates, I think like Ripple and Box yeah. of Rain, yeah. um, you know, because that stuff, like I said before, is just timeless Americana. Yeah. And it, it just, it just, it just speaks to the soul. Yeah. Box of Rain, Ripple. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of those, um, a lot of those Garcia, Hunter, uh, you know, uh, shuffles like, you know, Loser or China yeah. Doll, Ramble and Rose, you know, those those are that's that that to me is is americana is as is, is minor threat yeah you know i mean like yeah. minor threat to me is americana yeah yeah you know it is i mean and, and i'm i'm a musical archaeologist I, at this point i'm a musical historian i've made multiple films 
you know, dealing with it. And, you know, uh, the same way that I, I consider the Grateful Dead Americana, I consider, you know, minor threat America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah. But, you know, we, we, the Grateful Dead thing that, that, that's hard is people is, is, People are always thrown off by the crowd. You that's know? what it, yeah, I it's think that's like, oh, the fuck those dirty hippies. Yeah, this, right. da, da, da. Which is this is understandable. People right. get thrown off by the hardcore. They're fuck those racist skinheads. Right. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, whoa. Right. So, but those to me, like, you know, ripple, it, it, right. rain, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's great, great songwriting and, 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 and uh, you know, I mean, to uh, um, the whole American Beauty record yeah. and Working Man's Dead. Yeah, those songs are are incredible, Definitely. incredible. And I mean, you think about hardcore. Like the first Grateful Dead album is hardcore. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That shit's yo. Some of that stuff is so fast. It's yeah. like a hardcore beat. You know, I know right? <laughs> you know, it's like you know, but you know, you know this. So yeah, that that's we we we, we brought. I brought bandmates to shows and people, you know, some people would dig it. Yeah. You know, some people would be like, ah. right. You know, yeah. but, but then again, by the time I was bringing some of those people to shows, it was, it was like mid to late eighties. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't great. Uh, yeah. I know. You know, I mean, what was the last great thing that, you know, the dead did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so now post, post grateful dead, have you, have you, checked out dead and company have you have you gone into that yeah yeah i've 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 um i think i've seen like pretty much every sort of incarnation yeah since the, since the dead ceased in 95 yeah. Yeah. if i remember correctly i, I saw yeah. the other ones the other ones yeah i the saw dead. I, I saw the dead yeah i saw further further yeah, yeah. and i saw i saw dead and company mm. and like my, my take on it is um i consider it a celebration of the music exactly and, and i don't really get hung up on oh you know jerry with jerry sure you know yeah. that's cool you know but I, i'm happy to see uh the music still out there and and people enjoying it yeah yeah and, and one thing that i really um do my best not to do is be one of those people that's like, oh, back in the day, you yeah, know, of course, the real thing. I know. Like, I can't stand that, and you yeah, get a lot of that. that you yeah. get a lot of that in hardcore. In like, hardcore, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. And it's that fucking shit is lame. Yeah, I hate that. And, I bet and, you can't name the, three Black Flag songs. These were. Yeah, yeah and, and and hey, man, for some kid out there today, the yeah. dead, uh, you know, Dead and Company is like the cat's meow. Yeah, you know, I'd like, be psyched to him. see that. Yeah, yeah, good for him. You know. For some kid today, seeing that hardcore band that you slag off, that's, you know, like, you know, these are the good times right now. You know, I'm not interested in the past too much, man. That's, and it might sound odd coming from a documentary filmmaker, but I'm more interested in what's happening today and looking down the road to tomorrow, you know? And so, you know, I, I've seen all those incarnations. Um, you know, I'm not crazy about it. I've, some have been better than others. Yeah. Um, I don't run. I don't go running out to see them when they come to town. Yeah. If someone has a ticket or it's available, or or, or you know, I get on the if someone puts me on the guest list or something, I'll yeah. go. But yeah. I'm not gonna like go out and spend 150 bucks on a Dead and Company. Ticket, right. Right. You know? I know. Yeah. But um, I'm a John Mayer fan. I think John Mayer is great. 
Uh, he's a great guitar player. He's a great front man. Um, I respect him uh, for, for um, delving into the rich history of Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead and, and, and really, you know, being, being, a, being a fan, you know, and, and I'm a big, uh, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of Bob Weir, you know, I mean, there were times in the eighties where I saw Bob Weir carry that band. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely carry that band. I mean, I saw it with my own eyes, you know, a nice where Garcia was, was out on the tile somewhere. Yeah, it was somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, he just wasn't. And yeah. I saw we are carried that band, and uh, you know, on his shoulders, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, so so yeah, I don't I don't knock it. Look, even you know, like I'm not a big fish fan. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't like fish at all. Okay. You know, yeah. I went and saw them play, and I thought it was horrible. Yeah. Okay. Which might sound weird, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I like the dead. Yeah. I just, it's different though, definitely. It just wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and I just, I didn't like the, I didn't like the guy's guitar tone. I thought he had like a real soft, weak ass guitar tone. I thought it was like really weak. The whole thing was weak, you know? So, but whatever, people love him. Good for them, you know? And I'm happy to see that, that the music is still celebrated and, and people are still doing you know, you know, you know, once, you know, once in a while, they'll do a cool thing. Like we're played acoustic. I went and saw that. That was great. Um, you know what I thought was good out of all those? I liked further. I thought oh, yeah. Yeah. it was really good. Cause they had that guy, Joe Russo on drums. Yeah. Have you seen and, his band? His, his Grateful Dead cover band is, is amazing. I have not seen it. Yeah. I've heard it's, really good things. Yeah. I've heard yeah. really good things. Yeah, about they're good. Yeah. But, but I think what, what, the dead and company are lacking is tempo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, the songs are so incredibly slow. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're brutal. They're yeah. brutal. I know I have I have the unpopular opinion of 70 74 is a lot of people's favorite year, but I think when Mickey Hart wasn't in the band and it was just Kreutzmann, it was so sure. tight and just sure. there's something about that sound. So I always liked them with one drummer. Yeah, you know, of course everything i like all the stuff but yeah yeah well well what uh he left the band in like 71 and uh wait wait mickey 70, hart left 72 ish i think 72 hart left i think 77 71 and then came back when they after the but yeah there, there's some 74 you know great was great yeah. 73 73 yeah all that stuff man yeah 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 so awesome yeah if you could interview a, a living member of the band right now, who, who who would you interview? I'm imagining it's Weir. No, I think I think Weir's sort of a. Uh, listen, I'd love to talk to any of them. Yeah, but, yeah. but I I think I'd like to talk to Phil Lesh. Yeah, yeah. Just because he was the he was next to Garcia, I think he was a real I think he was a real um, pioneer early early on. You know. I think he, he really he was a real, real, real pioneer, you know. Um, you know, another, an, just a, another thing, that, another great moment yeah. was um, I saw them play in Laguna, at Laguna Seca Racetrack oh, nice. in, in 87. Yeah. And, and after the show was over, they let everybody back in to shoot the Touch of Grey video. And, and in between shows, 
And I was there for that, like right up against the thing. And, and that was a fun night. That's awesome. That, that, that was a really fun night. Yeah. And uh, also when um, in uh, 1981, once again, we slept out for tickets. Yeah. And this, I think we slept out in Grand Central Station. Oh, nice. And we ended up getting first row center tickets yeah. for both shows at Madison Square Garden oh, that's crazy. in 1981. Yeah. And, this, and this was when, of course, you could stand on your seat and lean over and put your hands on the on stage. On the actual stage, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of great, there was yeah. a lot of great moments. And, and also the, the, the skill set yeah. that I learned oh, yeah. on the road with the Grateful Dead yeah. came really um, uh, handy in later life when I was a tour manager for hardcore bands. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Nice. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So that, and so that just how to live. Oh yeah. How to live on the road. And, and like, wait yeah. a second, Drew, how the fuck do you know this, this, <laughs> this butt fuck town? Right. Oh yeah. I was here with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know awesome. like we, we pull into places and, and oh yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon and everywhere <laughs> in between, you know, yeah. but you know, being out on the road with a hardcore band, you know, I, I just I had that I had that skill set, you know, yeah. uh, checking into hotel rooms with 15 people, right. you know, okay. um, driving, 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 yeah. um, how to eat, you know, how, how, to, how to, you know, how to get by on a dollar a day. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of that skill set came about from, you know, uh, you know, hardcoring it, you know, on tour, with the great on, on tour with the Grateful Dead, because. You know, back when you're when when we were doing that as a young teenager, you know, we we really we were really roughing it, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like and you it, were saying with the with the like waiting out for tickets, that's something. And not to be like we were just saying like the back in the day, but I don't think the kids know about. Yeah, you would literally you would sit in a parking lot for three days to wait for tickets yeah. outside. You didn't have a phone to sit on and do it. You just you would send Drew to go get beer. Or, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said, here in New York City, uh, I remember more than once we slept out in Grand Central Station. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. we did it for the Grateful Dead. I remember doing it for the Rolling Stones yeah. when they came back in '81 for that '81 tour. Yeah. You know, and we slept out for tickets, and like you're in, you're in <laughs> Grand Central Station at four in the morning, riding yeah. your skateboard around. You know, and but the Radio City thing was a big deal. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, we stayed out for a couple of days, and yeah. you know, like I said, there's people, you know, friends I met there that uh, you know, still friends, friends, uh, you know, to this day. But eventually, you know, I figured out how to get around the whole ticket thing because. I was always, you know, like I said, a really good counterfeiter. Right. And uh, once we sort of revved up that machine, we were yeah. making tickets for everything. We were like, hey, who's coming to town? You know? yeah. But the dead was always like that. That was that was always a, that, that was always a, a, a blast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the hardcore thing, too, you know, it, it, it they ran they ran head to head. And what's interesting all these years later is, you know, what the tie that binds it together is community and culture. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw sort of the literally the the beginning of hardcore in in Boston, yeah. which is you know one of the first cities where that sort of started happening in in, in America. Yeah, and then East and then er, you know early on, you know right off the bat, you know we went. We, I saw Minor Threat, I saw Dead Kennedys, I yeah. saw Black Flag, The Misfits. I mean, I saw all these bands in '81 and '82. We yeah. loved Minor Threat. I mean, we oh, we loved the Bad Brains, you know. And it's crazy and, that th those bands are all household names, like the yeah. Grateful Dead. Right. 
and now you know you met all those people obviously back in the day it, it was funny because later on you go to shows and you see somebody like you know jerry williams god rest his soul who yeah. recorded the bad brains demo oh, yeah. uh, not, not the, the, the bad brains a cassette tape on roar like i used to bump into him at dead shows in new york like yo, what's up, Jerry? You know, like, and there's a and later in later years, like yeah, in, the, yeah. in the later '80s and '90s, I'd bump into people here in New York. Yeah. And, oh, don't worry, I won't tell anybody. I know. I was just gonna <laughs> say, can you can you can you, can you out me? Uh, like, is Vinny Stigma a secret? Yeah. Uh, no, like, not Vinny Stigma. I used to I, I used to bump into Howie Abrams. Oh, okay. Uh, at, at a lot of shows here in yeah. New York. Yeah. You know, he, he he who who is right across the street from me now. Yeah. So 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 that was cool, but you know that that that. that it all ended so tragically too for them, man, which is so, so, so sad. You know, it's like the way it's sort of, damn, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, Garcia just couldn't conquer, conquer his demons. And, and, uh, you know, it just sort of, damn, you know, it sputtered out. It was sad. Yeah. It sputtered out and, and they had, they still had a lot of greatness in them. Yeah. You know, those, those last bunch of songs they had, uh, it's, it's, it's so sad that they didn't get a chance to record them. There was there was another great album there. There was another those songs are a Lazy River Road and yeah, and yeah. Um, you know a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Was, Eternity was, that weird Eternity song. and Lazy River Road. I like um I like the Vince Welnick song uh, Way to Go Home. Yeah, I like I love Sam in the Rain. I actually like Sam in the Rain. I thought that was a that was, was a pretty I, good. That was yeah. uh, you know, but but. <laughs> You know, I, I love Way to Go Home. And of yeah. course, I, I love, um, you know, uh, So Many Roads. Oh, So Many Roads you know. is great. I mean, uh, you know, Days Between is a bit rough for me. Yeah. I, I never really could connect to that one. But yeah. uh, there, there, was, there, was still, there was still work to do. It's just amazing he died so young at 53 years old. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm older than that now. Yeah. It's just to think, wow. They yeah. all died so young. Jerry Garcia, Joe Strummer. You know, Didi Ramon, all these guys, they all died 51, 53. Yeah, I know. Once we start passing that age, I think that same thing too. I'm well, 51. and It's happening know. in the hardcore world now. Yeah, a lot of people, I know. A lot of people that, that haven't, uh, you know, taken care of themselves. Yeah, I know. Are, are sadly, you know, sadly, you know, passing away. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so it's a crazy world, man. Yeah. Well, we still have this community and, you know, it's... It's such Absolutely. a small, it's so weird how small, like it, it really is like a small, you know, like we randomly met at that, you know, a couple of years ago and uh, at FU's all ages my, screening. My, my film was screening, right? Yeah, the film was screening. Yeah. 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 And uh, Dwayne Lucia spoke and yeah, and, yeah the oh, yeah, FU's yeah, yeah, played yeah. in front of like six people. And <laughs> it was like a giant, they were going to start having shows there. That was the only thing they ever had there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, Anyway. Hey, I want to say to anybody out there listening, listen to my show. It's the New York Hardcore Chronicles yes. Live. It streams on um, Facebook, on, on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube on my channel, Stone Films NYC. Also, uh, my films, the New York Hardcore Chronicles film, XXX All Ages, XXX the Boston Hardcore film, and the New York Hardcore Chronicles film 1.5 are on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Too that's that was a great right. movie. Well, the other yeah, the other film I directed, um, Who the Fuck Is That Guy? The Fabulous Journey of Michael Alago. Uh just it finished a three-year, three-year run on Netflix. Yeah. And uh it's actually uh we're in the process of striking another distribution deal. So that should 
be back up pretty soon. And I'm finishing a new film right now called The Jews in the Blues. Oh, awesome. Which, nice. which looks is my musical journey. I go to the Middle East. Oh, and awesome. uh, it's really, it's really kind of connected with what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's like just I'm a musical archaeologist and yeah. it's like I'm I'm search I'm searching for the sound, you know? Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I definitely I highly recommend Drew's uh chronicle. I I the Brian Baker one you did was was amazing. Right? What was a, great. He's just a cool dude. And uh, yeah. just and, and some what, of the stories these guys tell is so. I think what what you know I'm very fortunate that the show's a success. And yeah. a lot of the reasons because I am, you know, I'm connected to these people, mm. you know, through all the years of the hardcore community, from having a career doing music videos and yeah. being a tour manager and, and being in a band. And I have a lot, I, I've crossed paths and worked with a lot of these people and consider them friends. And and uh, the, the pandemic kind of presented this opportunity. Yeah. I sort of backed into it. It wasn't part of my, my master plan, yeah. but uh, it has been very successful and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool, man. Thank you again for doing this, Drew. Well, and thank you, man. I, yeah. I, I do not. This is the first time I've been granted the opportunity to talk about my, my Grateful Dead life. This is the That's first awesome. time. I'm so, glad, so I really, I'm glad I really you. appreciate it. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> All, All right. right. Man. Thanks, everybody out there for supporting me in my dream to be an independent filmmaker. I'll talk to you all soon. Cheers, man. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.